0: Welcome to the Leadership Club podcast. In this episode, I talk to my friend and fellow creative Katie Whitehead, whose inspiring leadership journey began when she was just a child. Katie talks about the moment of injustice she felt when her younger sister Rachel was turned away from a dance class simply because she had Down syndrome. It's hard to think of a world where this was acceptable practice and although we have thankfully moved on a lot in recent times, there is still a long way to go in our understanding and acceptance of equality and diversity. I think the reason for this ongoing change is less about policy, but more about leadership. It's about people like Katie who are willing to stand up and sacrifice themselves in order to provide opportunities for others. It's about people like Katie who are willing to have those difficult conversations that help to begin to change the language and misconceptions around disability. And it's about those people like Katie who can look at a person and not treat them for what they are or what they appear to be, but to treat them for the person they want to become. To become effective leaders, we need to start to understand the difference between empathy and sympathy. Very often when someone comes to us with a problem or are upset, we talk to them, we give them advice or we pat them on the back in an attempt to make them feel better. Sympathy is the feeling of pity or sorrow of someone else's misfortune. The problem is it doesn't do much to help the person you have sympathy for. In fact, sometimes a person's perceived misfortune can often be the thing that makes them unique or can act as their catalyst for positive change. In order to help, we need to understand how another person feels. In order to understand, we need to empathize. And the only way to empathize is to listen. Recently, a friend of mine lost her dad to a short illness. I'm very fortunate to still have my dad, so I wasn't able to put myself in her shoes. The only way I was able to begin to understand how she felt was to listen to her. It was the listening that enabled me to support her more effectively. I chose to use empathy rather than sympathy, not because I don't care, but because I really wanted to help. During our conversation, I realised that Katie and I were similar in many ways. We are both the type of person who if we were offered a choice of two boxes, one containing £5,000 and the other containing a mystery prize, we would both opt for the latter in the hope that what we would find in the mystery box would give us more joy than the obvious materialistic benefits of option one. I hope you enjoy the episode. This is the Leadership Club Podcast. So okay let's let, let's get straight into it firstly thanks for coming down and being a, another guinea pig on this new new venture of ours. Um and I think before we, we we get into the kind of conversation I, I think it'd be worth me setting some context in terms of how we met. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go back probably now about 5 years mm. to what was what was um it was probably called a health network event or something like that based at Edge Hill University right. and i suppose we've we've been to these things before where you you turn up everyone has a has a table and a and a stand and then everyone's mm. got a pop up banner and loads of leaflets and everyone goes to talk everyone's going there to maybe to network um to promote what they do but actually everybody who who was there normally represents a group of people and those that group of people are are normally never there yeah. so and we go into this event and, you know, I've been to a few of these events before with really low expectations normally of kind of, you might meet someone, you might not, but it kind of seems the thing to do to keep your, keep your hand in, yeah. you know. And then we were ushered into the lecture theatre to listen to some sort of guest speakers, you know, which again is normally just a sales pitch from somebody else. And then out came you who was wheeling a little <laughs> karaoke speaker of some description and as you were as you were trying to get the the sound to work for someone that obviously works in this industry i'm thinking what my expectation doing? was going further, and further yeah low. i
1: appreciate that um,
0: and then <laughs> you know you, you the music started and 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 then out came all these these people which i think it just kind of knocked everybody off guard a little bit you know and then uh, you know it, it was clear that obviously you, you yourself and then some of your team and then the people were coming out in wheelchairs and and it was clear that everybody you know had some form of additional need mm. and i thought okay th- this this isn't what I was expecting to happen and then for the next i always remember for the next five or so minutes of that particular performance that that you know looking around the theater, everybody just was completely and utterly knocked off guard mm. by this by this thing that was happening and someone that obviously had, had directed many many shows before i i was you know personally watching this and thinking i'm not sure whether people have are, are appreciating what we're getting here because mm. this is this wasn't just about oh oh isn't this good for these guys mm. this was this was seriously powerful mm. nobody said anything nobody spoke everyone just was just you know, and, and when I think back to that that health network day, largely kind of you know uninspiring. And then, and I think I can't remember the day. I can't remember this. I can't remember that. But what I do remember is you, and I remember the the, the, the team that you had, and and the dancers that performed on that day. That is all I remember. Mm-hmm. You know, and then let's fast forward five years. We're we're about to, to go into a a, a a bit of a partnership, which we'll talk about in a bit. And I'm, I'm you know reading a book at the moment, or was reading a book by a, an author called Simon Sinek, who said that when you choose, you know, when you do business, only do business with people mm-hmm. that believe the same things yeah. that you believe. And 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 here yeah. you are. Yeah. So I'm sure you'll remember that day. I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell, let's, let's go back even further so okay. you know tell us about where did D- divine days come from and and more importantly tell us why it divine okay days happened.
1: so um just a little bit of background then to, to, to the why and the how um my my sister um had down syndrome rachel uh she was two years younger than me and um, so I, we were born in the seventies, very early seventies. Um, I was two, um, and when Rachel was born, it was a real shock to the family that she had Down syndrome. They never, they didn't spot anything through Mum's pregnancy. Um, and in seventy four, the asylums um, and the institutions were well and truly still, um, still in play in people's lives. So what that meant was that. Um, my sister's future um, could would be in an asylum um, or in an institution, um, and when when I say it, 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 I can see your body reacting to that. It is it's hideous. It's it's hideous. Um, as a child of the seventies and the eighties, I remember Blue Peter um, in the middle of the eighties when they were closing the asylums and and, and, we, and Blue Peter took you into these establishments and it was hideous it was hideous they were right through to the end of the 80s um where how people with disabilities um and not disabilities people with um uh things in their lives that now are totally acceptable so it could be people that had bad seizures all sorts of of things so in this, in this, when I was a little girl, I remember my dad, I can actually, I can see him. And he, they were just, they fought and fought and fought for everything for my sister so that she could go to mainstream school. Um, dad was the first of his... Uh, generation and first of the family he was from a big family and he was the first one to go to university um my mum had got a a small business so they were fighters I mean I'm from the north um I'm I'm from Sheffield um and they you know we were working class but we we were in a we were in a privileged situation I think and dad had um dad had a, a way of being able to to put himself forward and fight for things so rachel was rachel was able to to go to mainstream school and 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 all these things but i am a big sister my you know my my sister's not here now Bless her. she died when she was 19 but big sisters you, you don't stop being a, a mom or a dad or a sister or a daughter or a son um so i, I have that role And I mentioned I was northern and I mentioned I'm from Sheffield and I'm from this these women of matriarchal powerhouses that if it ain't right, you know, you roll your sleeves up and you fix it yourself. Um, So where it actually started for me was I, I always had that protection of Rachel and always to protect her. I always had that fear of of people hurting her um, and they did you know they did people were cruel people were mean people still are mean and cruel. Um, I got into lots of scrapes um, and I had to get pulled off a lot of people far far bigger than me um, <laughs> when they were mean to rage and that doesn't ever leave you. And I remember clearly one day I was at dancing. I I always danced. I was on, you know, from being um, tiny, like I was on stage at like three or whatever. Um, And I was in ballet, and Rachel loved dancing. She was so creative. I mean, they told her she would, they told my mum and dad that she wouldn't walk or talk or um, run or, you know. um, And I've got photographs. I can remember like a wall like that. And dad, Dad holding her feet, you know, and uh, uh, nah, she sw- she swam. She wrote beautiful stories. She won like competitions where they didn't realise she was she'd got special needs. You know, she she was amazing, um, and she loved to dance. Quite inappropriately, actually, she was quite a bit of a shaky of the booty um, kind of dancer. And that was when she was a bit older, though. So anyway, so I was in I was in ballet, and, and Mum had said, "Go, you know, okay, that's fine, Rachel, go go with your sister." And we were stood, and I won't ever forget it. And I, and and they just asked her to leave, and 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 I remember it. It was it, it was before I'd gone to a more main a, a, a more larger push you through the ranks kind of class it was just a village hall I can see it I can see Rachel I can see me um and at that point I just thought you I, I was just so furious with how she just didn't understand what creativity looked like I, I didn't know those words that's not what I was feeling but I was just like she is a beautiful beautiful dancer and you know she can she oh gosh when she danced and she just touched your heart and She was just amazing and I would have been, I don't know, I must have been nine, eight or nine. Um, And then as life went on, you know, it was was hard because Rachel, as a family, you're trying to do what's right. And I see the families that I work with now and it is so, so hard when you've got a child with additional needs because you know, whether they might excel in mainstream or they might excel in, in a school, especially for them. And it's about community and it's about being connected and about fitting in. So Rachel was always in mainstream schools. So that was what she fitted in. That was her world. And then as she became, as she got older, um, yeah, and she'd get upset and she'd, you know, why I, I don't I look like you, Katie, and, you know, all these things. And it was really hard for her because she was very clever. But her community and her friendships were all with mainstream kids that their bodies were changing, they were looking differently. Rachel had to be on lots of medication, so she was a lot bigger um, just, just go back to that
0: what you you said about you she she was in a class and and you know she
1: the dance teacher asked
0: her to leave how
1: it was just how, not appropriate for six you, for Rachel to be there wow how
0: how, how did <laughs> you know this is obviously she, she, growing up with with mainstream kids and being part of how did you must have remember that? What why did why did you, in your head did you understand why she was being asked
1: yeah, to leave?
0: Yeah, And it was the fact that she had Down syndrome.
1: Yeah, and that. But and
0: how did that? How did that? Like, how did you? Did that make you feel angry, or how did how did that make you feel at age?
1: Well, it obviously, it made a massive difference of because I'm sat here now. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Change my whole life to do something it, about it. Um, it was just unfair. It was just, it just felt unfair. It just felt, you know, like, I don't know, as a sister, oh God, we, you know, we just have to run off because she'd done something or pinch something out of the shop. Or, you know, we were always in, she just had no inhibitions. If she wanted to do something, if she thought you were ugly, she'd tell you. If she thought you were handsome, she'd kiss you. It was a nightmare. Honestly, it was a nightmare. It really, really was. Um, and it was just, and I, th- I think what we've got to think about and be realistic about is, is that this hasn't really gone away, it's just kind of changed. And I think differences, whatever that might be, it, it makes people feel uncomfortable. And if they don't understand um, something, then they're uncomfortable by it and their behaviour. And it's about knowledge, I-, I think. And And so at this moment in time, when I was... Growing up, it was about disability, it was about being different, it was about looking a certain way I, th- I think we still have those inequalities, of course we do, and it might be um it, it might be to do with with social stigma and at the time disability was a social stigma um and and you know and people weren't in the community people were still this was when the asylums were still there and there, the silence were there to take people away so you'd get you know you were taken away you weren't in society um and that was that happened for lots of different things that happened for lots of different things so you were taken away so this woman you know she she had no know she just she had no knowledge of, of disabilities so she I, I it might have come from a good place she may you know she didn't want uh, Rachel to embarrass herself or make a fool of herself or um cause too much trouble because she was disruptive. Uh, she was loud. Um I think she probably told the teacher where to get off. Um and, and, and yeah, so it was a bit of normal, but it was also it was stuff we'd already, you know. Rachel would have been what seven, so we'd had seven years of it. Um So it wasn't and, you, and you
0: were what at this age? You were nine. At nine, yeah. So so at nine, you you've obviously that that's still very much the the, the moment, (laughs) isn't it? Isn't Isn't the the, I was thinking the moment at nine nine years old that you that you take this this kind of injustice Mm. but this this you know the fact that you this person means an awful lot Mm. to you and and it's like this just won't do. Mm. Did you it's probably a hard question to ask at nine years old, but you know so you're taking the the passion of dancing, the passion of this kind of like I'm not ha- I'm not mm. having this. Mm. How how long would it be then? So you know the, the the why in terms of why you wanted to do it is so <laughs> oh. so clearly there. Um, <laughs> you know it's so clearly there, which is actually why you, you know you know you you've you've kind of you've been able to to build this this thing, or, or and you could probably trace it back to I a can. moment where someone says. Sorry, I want to ask you to leave. And it's just, nowadays, when you think about mm, that, you just think, upsetting. really, like mm. really, that people did this mm. stuff. But, mm. but like you say, you know, it, it is, it is still, it is still very much there. So, you know, obviously that that sense, it, we we get that. How? When would you? When did you actually launch that that business that that brand then?
1: Okay, so um, I. Went to university and studied um, arts therapy. I majored in drama. Um, I also had to fund that by going and working. Um, and like so many students, just ended up really enjoying the money side of it. So I ended up going into to that industry. So I worked in management um, and didn't really do very much with my degree. So I was I worked in retail management for about 10 years in fashion. Um, and then it was the right time for me to um to go back to my roots things just didn't sit right with me uh, fighting for where a garment would fit or fighting for whether people were branded or you know and all those things it just it, it wasn't working anymore um and i um ceremoniously handed in my keys and and and, and disappeared um and i just explored different Different people within the community that I could make a difference to. So I worked with people, older people, I worked with um, people with additional needs. I did support work. Um, and then I decided um that I would kind of push myself and go kind of back into that performance side of things. So I became a lecturer um in performing arts. Um I, I did another, I did another degree in in, in post-compulsory education. Um I studied health and social care and I was very blessed to be able to get a position as a community arts and theatre practitioner. So I worked in Sefton, I worked in um, the health and social care setting. So um, things had moved on vastly, thank God, since when I was a kid and people with additional needs um, in the early uh, 20s, noughties, were very much about day centres and day services. That's actually changed now, but at that point, that was a um, people would go to, to school. I sec- wouldn't really go to secondary school, probably special special school. Then about 1920, you would go into the day centre, day service, um, and and that's where people would then choose with additional needs, kind of if they'd have complex needs or less complex needs therapeutically what would they need in their lives to help them have a meaningful life so then i would deliver all the performing arts side of things then things started to change within um society and the government um, around actually are these are the day centers the right thing for our people are people with additional needs to be doing getting on a bus every day going to this place every day coming home every day and they'd been there since they were 16 and i was in sefton um, and they offered redundancy and i was like you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what my mum would send our Rachel to. I, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I, I spoke to my, my, my vicar was saying, "Oh, you're doing really well. You know, why don't you call it divine days?" So I was like, "I love that because I'm very, and I, I was, would use the word divine to explain something was lovely." And somebody asked, "It's actually Keris' sister who works for, um, she worked for social services, and she just said." I need a dance practitioner. I've got some people uh, that have got additional needs and they need a therapeutic outlet with performance. So would you... And I said, yeah. And that was the moment. And I started in the economical centre and then that was it. It, it. it started at that point with me and six or seven dancers. I got asked to go up stairs to talk to them. I thought I was in trouble because the music was too loud. Um, and then apparently all the they all used to come out on the balcony and cry um, every Thursday, um, all these all these people would be moved, as as you were, um, by what they saw. So it was at that point I was. My background is arts therapies, so I, I was always about that therapeutic art being and creativity and dance being therapeutic. And actually, I had that light bulb moment that it wasn't what they were producing was making them feel great and empowered. But what they were producing was also making somebody else feel great and empowered by watching. Mm-hmm. And I started to think, oh, my God, the world is our oyster, guys. You know, we could make everyone cry. So, um, and I, you know, and I, we used to laugh and I used to say, you know, if you've made them cry, we've done a good thing. But what I mean, I don't mean that. I mean that connecting with somebody on another level that you might not have had that relationship with somebody with a disability before, that you've actually got that kind of real, it's like that connectivity, it's like that equal. Um, so from that point, we, we, we started going to st- schools, we started to get asked, which I think is probably around the time that I turned up with my... I thought it was very high-tech, actually, Mark, <laughs> and it wasn't karaoke. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I plugged it in and pressed a button. And I, th- I kind of think that that was around that time and mm-hmm. uh, where we'd sort of developed, um, we'd, we'd developed our, our method, really. It was kind of like a background of what I do, where I'm from, and um, it's the essence of everything that I do and everything that we do is to help other people to shine.
0: Do you think that obviously you, you, it's interesting that you tell that story because you you, you you tell the story about your sister and then you and, and obviously an interest in, in arts and creativity and 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 how it how it kind of found you
1: totally. rather
0: than you you yeah. went searching for that I, uh, that's really interesting yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously by this point the the you know you I wouldn't say you, you you're scarred but you have this you have this moment this thing mm. about you know that you you have this kind of affinity with, with people like that mm. and you you were given that opportunity and you so. just literally took ran it. and yeah as fast as you could with it.
1: I think because when I knew I was coming to talk to you today, you just kind of think, I know he's going to ask me why. Um you know and you sort of think why? And it was the moment with the dancing and there was another moment as well. Um and 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 this awful boy, I think he was in his teens and Rachel was just we were on holiday somewhere. Um, and and he, I can't remember why he did it. I don't really know why he did it. But she was only little, and he, um, he just drenched her with water. Uh, he just, he just literally. He was this big boy, and he just drenched her with water. And I can still see her now, her little eyelashes with all the water dripping, and she just had her breath taken away. And then I jumped on this boy's back, um, and I was like pummeling his back. And and I was shouting something about, um, this is only because my mum told me, because I, I I think I saw red. And I was, well, I did see red, and I was shouting something about just because, you know, just because you're different, and just because you're bigger, and just because you can do this, and just because you can do that, doesn't mean that you can drench my sister. And I and and I remember, and it's that, and it's just and it's just because somebody looks different or is different or has got a learning disability it doesn't mean that they aren't beautiful and that they can't create and that they can't live out their dream um and you know as a performer you know how important it is you feel dead when you don't perform um and and whatever that perform performance looks like um and so to be able to give people children families that opportunity to either see their child shine on stage or for you as an individual to be able to express that self and 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 let go of of whatever it is and, and and shine and all that that wonderful feeling that you get when you're on stage you know um if it's I'm of the ilk as well this is another thing where I'm not all about um oh you know that's lovely that's really good what 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 we were always what we've always tried to do is is make beautiful performance um and when I say make, help the people that I work with or that we work with help them find whatever that is within them that is is beautiful, so it's not about okay, so we have to make we have to make you do this so that this is what it looks like, and this is what it is it's not it's it's a lot of time spent with individuals finding that beauty i remember you do you remember when you asked me to come and and our dancers to come to um to the art center and um you you know um we had a dancer there on a life support machine um and i'll never that was one of the highlights of, of my career dancing with dancing with spencer um yeah and 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 the beauty in his face, and the way he looked at me, and the way he connected with me, and and um, God, I'm getting emotional. That that was just like a really beautiful thing. And I think what we were able to do was then help other people see that beauty. I still get mums in the Connie saying, "Do you know? I remember you coming to my little one was it was it marks, you know, and da-da-da, and you all came out, and it's that. It's 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 not about." Oh, everybody should be treated the same or everybody you know we're not all the same you can't just put if it's just got a, t- a tin of something you can't put dog food or you know on your toast we're not all the same we're not all the same we have to be treated in a way that helps us be equal and that's that there's a there's a difference you, you
0: talk about um you know we talk about leadership we talk about people who are willing to go in the opposite direction as, mm. as where everyone else thinks we should be going. Yeah. You talked about, you know, that that bravery of of and I know it was driven by the fact that you you hated the injustice of of people picking on your sister. You're gonna <laughs> you're going you are going you all in, you know. And and that, you know, I think a, a yeah, lot of people that, can yeah. relate to that, you know, in terms yeah. of uh, you'll stand up for your sister. Yeah. But, you know, you're you're one of those where those it's interesting as as a as a younger as a kid, those decisions, those brave decisions mm. to go and tackle the, the biggest kid in the school, you know. Um,
1: yeah, the leather thing with studs.
0: Uh, like <laughs> I just get this picture of you oh on his back, giving was, giving it the big beans. Not to
1: drag me up, sorry. But isn't isn't that
0: amazing? Where where you later on you would make a very similar a very similar brave decision yeah. you just talked about two. One where you you had a job in in retail management, yeah. you probably Security. had good money, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden you, you're now off to do. To do something comp- yeah. and that takes real bravery at that, yeah. the same kind of bravery yeah, actually that, so. that 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 w- would allow you to jump on yeah. someone's back, you know, and also um, the fact that you, you know, it 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 seems like a bonkers idea. I mean, I've I've, I've directed nearly a hundred shows. I mean, mm. it seems like a bonkers idea to put someone on stage who's on a live support machine. Yeah. that is that is incredible. Like just to think that actually these guys still have so w- so much to offer exactly. you know
1: exactly I mean you know when um he, he and his family they express and talk to each other they knew what he wanted to do he communicated um to, to, to them um you know and that's what he wanted to do um and and he absolutely he just lit up he smiled the whole way through we we competed at a competition um and we won. Which was amazing, and the family were just. I don't think the family ever got over the the fact that he loved music. He loved performing. He loved being able to be kind of immersed in the music. The fact that other people were moved by their son, and not in a oh bless him, in a powerful way, that you know it, it was it was a it was a wonderful experience for them all, for him, for them, um, you know he was able to say what he wanted to do what he liked to do and we were able to give him an opportunity to do that um and going very going far back to what we said at the in terms of therapeutic and the and the benefits cuz you know it, it created something beautiful um that other people were able to witness and take part in and and to stay with them um
0: you talk about I, i've had this discussion more recently that you know people people as I'm sure they have with you they 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 over not not overdo it it's obviously lovely for people to thank you for the work that you've done to help their child or whatever and I've always had that you know I've had parents who've been massively grateful for the opportunities that we have been able to present to their child but to me what what a lot of parents don 't realize it 's not like you 're doing this i 'm sacrificing my whole life mm. to do this in a kind of martyr way mm. you're, you, you don't, they don 't realize that actually every time the the child succeeds or you, you, you are getting an awful lot yeah. it, you know in terms of um, you 've already had your your payments and thank yous totally. be, f- from that you know and mm. they talk about the the uh, you know they 're known as the happy chemicals you know serotonin and oxytocin that you are You put someone on stage, you know, and when you see them perform, you get this huge chemical, you know, dump of serotonin. Someone else sees them perform, they also feel inspired. The person who's performing feels inspired. And the whole thing is just one big, you know, one big kind of... um,
1: Yeah, and it's funny you've said that because I feel so blessed. Like, I can then say... You know, to my daughter or my son, do you want to come and do you want to come as well? And so my daughter's grown up, um, my son's grown up with 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 this wonderful world of of inclusion and craziness and Sunday afternoons, just been on stage with people in life support machines and uh, you know, kids running around having um, really difficult outbursts, and then the music turns on and they just go. And their parents go, oh, my God, I can't believe it. So I feel privileged and very, very blessed to do something that I love doing, and I feel that I'm a, a better person because of it. And I think that that's the same for all our kids and our families that we support, is, is that whatever, wherever, whoever, um, they're just perfect, Who and and to be able to... I mean, the arts is... It it is inclusive, but it can be really exclusive. That's why I'm so passionate and excited about us working together. Um, Because in order for perfection, there has to be guidelines, there has to be expectations. And and, and I I totally appreciate that and totally respect that. But there has to be another element where that's where my guys come in. Um, And for it to be able to sit alongside each other is is a really exciting a collaboration for audiences for parents to be able to see not people with additional needs trying to be or people that with not additional needs trying to be just creating something that's beautiful and that's um that speaks to people
0: it's interesting that because you 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 said earlier on that that actually you know uh, it's very much about you're working with individuals and it's about doing what you know fine rather than rather than having a, a kind of ideological idea mm. it's like what can you bring yeah. what can you bring what can you bring and actually honing into that mm. and actually that that level of or, or that that sort of focus on the, the things that people do well we were talking um Early, earlier on in this sort of series about um, having different people in your team that bring something very unique. Yeah. And, and we laugh a lot, you know, about, um, I was very sporty as a kid and I was always involved in all the sport teams. And and now I work with guys that that are, that we, we, we we I make fun, the fact that they are literally the, the kids that would forget their kit on purpose, you know, <laughs> and they were, the, yeah. but, but I, and I was always <laughs> f- so far away from the, I, I, I think I'm quite tech savvy until I until I meet tech savvy people, yeah. then realize I'm a bit of a dinosaur. Yeah. You know, yeah. but you realize that actually, as you start to build and put that team together, or in the theatre sense, put a cast together, mm. that actually you need you need the the, the the shy ones, you need the quirky ones, mm. you need the mm. you need the, the the confident, brave ones, mm. because that's what makes that's what makes the team. Mm. You know, and. I wanted to touch on another, uh, it leads us into another, another project that you, you, know, you set up more recently called the Legacy Project, mm. which is very much about, they might not be able to do all of the things in a general sense, mm. but you, they do things maybe better than everybody else. I, I, I thought that was really fascinating. And we was able to, to, to help you just a little bit with mm. that in terms of conceptualizing a, an idea for a brand. But tell us, tell us about that that project because that is really quite specific
1: yeah um so the legacy project is like a supported internship for young adults with additional needs so if you can imagine that you have a child or a brother or a sister that's got an additional need and they've maybe gone to main street they've maybe not they've, and they're maybe 17 18 uh, and it's now it's not when i was a kid it's now um i asked that question well what would you say is their next step in there? um in their journey, in their education, where would they go? Where would your brother go? Where would your son go? And if you asked a family now, they would be like, oh, Well, I don't really know, I'm not sure. It's not that clear, it's very difficult. Um I was really passionate about enabling our teens, our teenagers, to be able to fulfill their aspirations and their hopes and their dreams. And I got speaking to, to teachers, and, and they were saying well, it's really hard for us because a few years down the line, that spark, that sparkle about the future goes, and they don't have that. So um, the legacy project was born out of that. And it was, it was, it was about actually how do we use the same methodology? How do we wrap around those, those young people to find what their aspirations are? Um but to be able to find their gifts and their skills so that they can shine uh, as as valued members of their community. Um, and I, you know, I, I'll hold my hand up. I had my eyes opened because I, through that journey and through that process, I realised, and you, you touched on it, Mark, that so, some people's disability makes them better at doing something than if they did not have that disability. Um, it, it's, in,
0: it, it's like um, it, it's like putting a, a really important piece of leadership under the microscope. That mm. isn't it. You know, it's like this person can do one thing that is really, really maybe better than everybody else, and yet, if you if you don't dare to. Ask the right questions, mm. or you don't dare to create the right culture within your organization. Absolutely. You will never, you will never know. And they uh,
1: won't ever and, ever. and they
0: won't ever no. know. So, so, but these are that, that's not just a, a lesson for, for for people with additional need. It's, it's, a, it's for everybody. Everybody. We, we've all got a, a we've all got a gift. Some people have many gifts, but we all people say you you have. We all have that one thing that mm. we're really really good at. Mm. And and for for leaders, it's about it's about being able to. To keep looking until you find it,
1: and to invest in time as well. And I think you know a lot of these diamonds and these beautiful skills are wrapped around really difficult things to deal with. So as a leader, it's kind of like, oh, do I do I really invest? Yes, yes, you do. And and it's also educating other people that they're that the quirks and the annoyance and the uh, the differences that they will bring to that organisation is is absolutely fine and valid and we shouldn't have a workforce of marks or katies we need we need a mixture of everybody and that includes disabilities ethnic it's it's it, it, it's that vibrancy it's so important you know and it's it's how do we how do we educate our leaders our um young leaders our children how do we educate ourselves to be able to include to um to find what how what they could bring because sometimes it's just easier to say well actually you know mrs smith we need rachel to not be in that class anymore or actually um, mr ashton you know so and so can't really stay on work placement because you know or well, he's a lovely lad but and it's actually Having that matriarchal spirit, or or whatever you know, that power, that passion in your belly to go, well, sod it. Yeah, okay, it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. They are going to do crazy or the different things that are going to drive me mental. But as a leader and as a human being, I feel it's our it's our duty to make sure that we have everybody. Everybody should have an opportunity, and I think for such a long time people go, Yeah, and that's lovely, Kate. That is lovely. I, you're a lovely person, Katie. You're really lovely, but it's just not reality. Or I'm running a business and I can't risk it, and and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And, and well, yes, you can because mm. yes, you can.
0: It, you know, it would be great to to um. To, to you know, to go back to, to Spencer and, and, and the life support machine, and, and having two people side by side and saying, which of these is which of these yeah. people are the are the dancer? Yeah. do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and actually, it would blow your brains out totally. because actually you'd say, well, you looked at this person who mm. very able bodied, very looked mm. because they've got some gym gear on that yeah. they may be the dancer. Mm. Well, actually, you're wrong. It's, it's actually this mm. guy in the in, on the life support machine mm. that was the dancer, but actually behind that. Behind that is, le- is leadership. It's yeah. someone who, like you, who, who was willing enough to say... Why not?
1: And a mum and a big sister of course, as yeah, well. Why and not? I think it's that it's, it's all those people behind. And sometimes life is so complicated that we just can't have all the behind the scenes, and it's just it's not worth it. It's too expensive. It's too this. It's too that. Well, no, that that's a good a, a good grounding for us and a good um, a good starting point for us, as leaders for us to remember that you don't have to be the smartest or the cleanest or it could be somebody that's got no you know that's sat in front of you that smells that's dirty that's got nothing as leaders we have a duty to find their gift and their skill because where would we be if nobody had given us a chance or an opportunity or um, and what would the world look like if we were all the same
0: there, there was yeah it's a great point and, and theres I have a friend of mine who has six children. And when I talk about leadership, they say I don't know anything about <laughs> leadership, and and they they don't realise, they don't see the value or the mm. fact that when you when you give birth to a child, whether whether you're the the more the more the dad in there, mm. that actually you you have. And you have the the most difficult leadership role totally. from from the minute that that child mm. is born. Mm. And like you say, it's about teaching them and, and guiding them, mm. and making sure that principally that they have, they that you know that they, they they can function, that they're independent, that they that they see other people, um, like you say, as as equal, and they mm. don't that that they're not prejudiced or racist, mm. or they look at people in different ways. That that, that comes from from. Parents or leaders, you know, and and so my friend who who says, well, I have six children, know nothing about leadership, mm. but yet when I when I see every single one of those individual yeah. children, yeah, all, all different in their yeah. own way, very very polite, articulate, you know, mm. creative, mm. um, you know, and and the leadership has has already, she's a brilliant example yeah. of leadership, yeah. and all parents, I think, all, all parents are.
1: I, I think with our children, you know. It, it's it's hard. I remember growing up, you know, when, when I was pregnant with with my with my my first child, I just remember the prayer being, please help her be comfortable in her own skin. Please help her be comfortable in her own skin. And she's not comfortable in her own skin, you know, and I was like and, and it's that and it's, you know, well, I look I look this way and I just you know, remember Rachel, why don't I look that way when I why you know, and she was she used to fancy, um, oh my god, somebody out of Baywatch, I can't remember his name, and um not the not other half but somebody else and um when she had to go to special school and she was like oh mom I, you know katie I, they all look different and they're all this and they're all that and it was so hard for her i just remember crying because she said you know i'm never going to get married and i'm never gonna and and i look now and and you know see on twitter and things and and two downs that people have got married and the oldest down syndrome man you know I think he's in his 80s and all these wonderful things and, and I look at my my daughter who um wants the same this as that girl or you know mummy am, am I gonna have legs that look like yours and I said I don't think hopefully darling no you'll have long you know she's long legs I don't want long legs I want this I want that and as a parent and it's the same it's kind of helping our children helping our workforce helping our team helping our the people that we support so you know what there is a mark shaped space in the world waiting for you there is a katie set you know a, a, and and a rachel shape and and it's it's looking at what skills are um and being able to um to empower and to say you know that there is a a Katie shaped space in the world waiting for you to fill it. And if you, you know, if you do lose too much weight on your legs, then it you won't fit in the space because it's a perfect shape for, for you. Uh, and and I think I think it's it, it's that regardless of disability or or any difference. I, I think as leaders it's really important um for us to be able to 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 do that. To be able to do that. Sorry, I've got on my soapbox.
0: No, that's fine. Yeah, I'll tell you a story actually about um, my first encounter of, of disability or particularly Down syndrome. There used to be a guy that used to play football on a field by me and there was a guy that used to stand on the corner and watch. And he had, he had Down syndrome. He's probably probably, I don't know, mid-30s, maybe 40s. As a kid, I was always very wary of this of this person. One day I tried to climb over the... the um, the fence. We used to climb over the fence to get onto the field, and there was a string that went across. And I, I, I used the string to to sort of as a foothold to climb over the fence. And one day the, the the string snapped, and I ended up falling. My my sort of belly went onto the onto the the bar that like mm. the spikes of this uh, thing. Thankfully, I, you know, it's typical of me, but thankfully I didn't. I wasn't seriously hurt, but I did. I did have a have a like a you know i got the 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 kind of bar went straight into my stomach only honestly only enough but as i as i as i got down off there he he'd seen this happen and started to run run towards me and i i, I, I panicked and and ran ran off frightened to death that this this big guy was ch- what what i appeared to be chasing me i mean i must have been only probably maybe 10 11 and for years, I was very wary yeah. of, of people with Down syndrome mm. solely because of, because of this. Mm. And w- what was really lovely was, a, obviously, a bit older, a bit wiser, we used to, used to chat to, to, to this guy, Steve, as I got probably 14, 15, and, and realised solely that the, what he was trying to do was just to see if yeah. I was okay. yeah. And it, it's amazing how, how society looks and, and makes a decision. Mm. But at that age group, what I needed was someone to put me, mm. to, 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 to actually show me that this guy, there was no need to be afraid. No. That, no. Do you know what I mean? And, and I think what you're doing is actually, you know, like so many of the brilliant practitioners in, in this field are, are trying to, to join the dots between mainstream do we say mm. people um able-bodied you know all of these stigmas that are attached and actually just joining the dots yeah putting but putting two people mm. in the same room in the same way that you and your sister was in the same room and being able to go we we we, we both have something to offer mm. here there's still a the, you talked about it before. We've okay, we've moved on from from putting people with disability in an asylum. Mm. Um, we, we've moved on from that, but there is still a lot of work to do yeah. in terms of yeah. social stigma and, and, and how how people are viewed and how how people can can feel valued. Yeah. And I think that we as as you know leaders of organisations where where we work with with young people are are very much about you know helping to Educate is probably a stronger word, but, but in terms of just get them to get them in the same space, mm. get them to understand that, that people mm. have stuff to offer and actually going out into the, to the, the big wide world. And like mm. you said earlier on about young children, do not see okay. how that is different. No. Society makes they people do. see the difference. And I think mm. that if we can, you know, we can embed that into our to our students. Then, then we will have done. You know, we will have we will have contributed to that.
1: Totally, and I think as well, it's like the work that you're doing with older people, you know, with the elderly and things. And I think it it's sort of it's really important for our for our children to to grow in the in. Back in the day, you know, a lot of people you lived in, you lived with your nan, or you lived, you know, you lived on the back to back streets, and people that intergenerate, intergenerational sort of lifestyle that we don't have now. Um, and, and also, I, I think being able to help our young people be comfortable with who they are, where they are, when they are, and with who they're stood next to is, is a really amazing gift, that a legacy that we can pass on because I didn't have that when I was growing up. Um, and, and I feel really strongly that um, comfortable in your own skin, comfortable with who you're talking to, um, you know, and not ever feeling that you're inferior um, to, to somebody because of their class or because of, of, of their education or, or their ability or their disability. So uh, I definitely think when I walked through um, the studio, you know, and I saw all the, the images um, that you've, you've got of all the pe- the, the kids and uh, the disabilities and, and the older people, I was, yeah, I was like, yeah, this is, a, 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 this is good. I'm on a good journey and I'm excited about it.
0: I think that's probably a really good place to end. But, you know, from my point of view, I, I wanted to, you know, what's probably hard to see on, on, on something like this where people hear a voice is that, you know, I think from a leadership perspective, and going forward, like you're the the, the thing that, that always strikes me about you from the, from the minute I seen you with your with your uh, trolley karaoke trolley is, is is you know is about passion. You've spent the whole interview with kind of tears kind yes. of here, which is it just it's just the way that you are. You know the passion is just um, you know and it's is is really great. And I, I think that you know I'm really looking forward to say seeing what. Very like, very like minded people. I think you've done well not to cry properly. Like, um, I started which,
1: again. But it's you know,
0: it, it, it's you can't be you can't drive these projects without, without passion no. and being able to, you know, maybe, maybe kind of um, the analogy of jumping on someone's back and hitting them as hard as you can. Like, you've probably done that, maybe not. People the a- cheered
1: after, <laughs> honestly, those people, adults were cheering. I was so embarrassed.
0: But, but it's, it's having that, that, that bravery to to kind of fight for what you believe yeah. and I think that's that's come across really, really well. Thank so thank you. Thank thanks you.
1: For thank you very much.